Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You're here for episode number 168. I'm Rick, your host of the podcast, and I'm glad you're here with me this evening. It is Friday evening. It is an hour or so before midnight, so no staying up after midnight tonight for me. I promise that I am pooped. So I'm going to keep this brief. I'm going to um, offer you my thoughts for the day, as I do each and every day for the last, oh, 179 days since the start of 2018. And it was an important day because it was an ending, an important ending. And I kept in it, I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to notice and to be aware of the experience of the presence of God So if you'll join me on this muggy evening, come sit here on my porch, my screened-in patio where we don't have to worry about bugs getting at us, and I'll tell you about my day. So regular listeners will know that many of my podcasts over the last three weeks have been about the summer gym program that not only did I help coordinate, but I also helped run and supervise and teach and so forth. And... Very shortly, it is a 14-weekday program in which the students at the school where I teach um, get their PE units. Uh, If a student takes all 14 days in one summer, they are done with PE for their entire high school career. And, of course, kids can take seven in one summer and seven in another, so that is acceptable. But today was day 14, the very last one. And I ended it, I think, in a pretty positive way, and certainly in an enjoyable way, in a way that I definitely felt the presence of God, even if it was blazingly hot where I was today. So the tradition of this summer gym program is one that goes back well before my time with the program. And the idea is that the last afternoon of the last day of each of our two sessions we have a little round-robin tournament. And the idea is is that we see what the kids have learned during the week about the key and important sports that we taught them. So there's a round-robin of uh, four different sports that they rotate through. They stay together with their group. All week they've been with a group that has hopefully um, sort of solidified and uh, been a place where they um, get to know each other and, you know, kind of... uh, begin to build friendships and relationships, and um, they kind of put that to the test, too, to see how they compete against the other groups. And this particular uh, session, we ended with uh, four sports, um, flag rugby, which was one of the ones we taught. Another one was basketball, which was definitely welcome to be playing that in an air-conditioned gym on this very hot summer day. The next one was ultimate, ultimate frisbee. And the last one is the one that I was supervising, which is soccer. Now, I have to tell you that whenever I see teenagers in this type of setting, which is really a here comes everyone. I mean, we have kids that are athletes who, as freshmen or sophomores, can play on some of our school's varsity teams, all the way, all the way to kids that really don't have a lot of exercise in, or really a lot of skills or stamina uh, in some of the sports that we do. So it is a wide range of students. 
But one of the things that I have noticed over time, and I certainly noticed this today, especially because I've been thinking a lot about soccer lately with the World Cup and some of the reading I'm doing and podcasts that I've been listening to, is I was really aware of, and I, I felt this distinctly another year that uh, I, I did summer gym and ha- supervised or led the kids in playing soccer, is that it really is a sport that not only can anyone play, but there's a certain joy, I think, that comes in the playing because it is so simple. Um, let me explain. So today, again, we, we had students um, uh, competing against each other, and, and the groups were fairly large, um, 16, 17, 18 members. And we were playing on a half field, so it was the width of the football field, and one half of the football field, one um, 50-yard line to the goal line. And we had full-size goals, which, you know, make it more fun to, to shoot on. And they were on the very furthest um, extent of the touchline or the sideline. And instead of just kind of having, you know, all the kids on one side playing each other, it would just be crazy. We had them in, I had them in two shifts, so there would be 7v7, and after seven minutes, they would switch out and the next half of their group would come on and they would play each other for seven more minutes and the score would keep going. So it would be a cumul- cumulative score. And then when our half hour block was up, they would move on to whoever was ahead would win and they would move on to the next um, activity. And one of the things that I saw, again, even though it was hot on the football AstroTurf field, um, and very sunny, not a whole lot of clouds, a little bit of a breeze, not too bad of humidity, but it was hot, was that kids really participated. Um, kids were into it. Now, some were playing harder than others, and, and I don't blame them. It was hot. I would not have wanted to be run, running around. In fact, I was feeling the heat just standing there, you know, kind of walking back and forth, being the referee for them. But they got into it, and... Again, it was just so beautiful to watch kids who aren't the most athletic and kids who um, may not know all the rules of the sport or all of the ins and outs or the, the techniques that are, um, you know, the, the sort of the skills of the game. Um, but yet they could play. They could kick the ball. They could stop a ball from if they were on defense. And um, they could, you know, sort of develop rudimentary runs and plays and and it was just fascinating to watch and I think for me it was a reminder of how soccer is such a beautiful sport and people seem joyful when they play it you know I um, I I don't want this to come out wrong but you know you you look at I was thinking the other day of talking actually with with one of my colleagues about dog parks and you just look at how happy the dogs are in the dog park because they're doing what they love to do, which is run and play and hang out with other dogs. And, you know, it's just one of those things. And there's a joy there. And it's a joy because it's, it's a, it's flowing from a a deep desire and and really a deep purpose. And I think I see that, especially with teenagers um, playing soccer and, and certainly with students that are younger too. And, and maybe even, you know, on, on all the way up to the highest levels, the best national teams when they play and, and they're really playing well and not necessarily well in the sense that, you know, they're the most skilled, powerful team, but just firing on all cylinders, there is that sense of joy. You see the smiles on the players' faces. You see laughter and, 
and frivolity and and even if it is competitive and, and the students that I was watching, some of them were pretty competitive. And even if some of the students are better than others, you know, there was one little kid um, and some of the freshman boys are pretty little. And, and this kid was pretty little. Um, he had a, a soccer jersey on. I, I, it was uh, Ronaldo's name on the back. Ronaldo, the, um, the legendary Portuguese um, striker. Uh, and I'm not sure. I really should know this. I know he's in the um, Spanish league, but I don't know which um, which team he's on. Um, but, um, he, uh, this kid had this shirt on and, and he was good. He had moves and, and there were some girls that definitely were soccer players. And you can definitely tell who's a soccer player. I mean, a person moves like a soccer player. Um, and, um, but these, these were, kids were the exception and not the rule. And even the kids that, you know, didn't move like soccer players or didn't even really move that much still seem to have a sense of joy and a sense of just grace and gratitude. And I, I think that was what I felt God's presence in. Um, you know, I have to admit, as I've done before, I'm biased. I love soccer. I think it is the beautiful sport. It is the sport that has been at the center of my life. Sometimes I'm more engaged in it, like World Cup time. Other times it kind of, you know, slides a little to the periphery of my life. But nevertheless, it is foundational for me. And it was growing up and, you know, watching the World Cup and going to see the World Cup in 94 and so forth. And um, I, I do think, though, that it is God's game. And, and I say this in the sense that um, I could see Jesus playing soccer with the apostles. I, I don't know if they did in Palestine at Jesus' time in Israel. But I could see that happening because you need so little. You know, a, a ball is great, an inflated animal bladder, rolled up rags, you know, whatever. And it's so simple and so egalitarian and so communal and so free-flowing and, and so much more. And again, I know I'm biased, but I do think that more so than maybe any other sport, we are more in the presence of God. We experience more of the signs that we are in the presence of God when we play soccer or football, as you may call it. So I want to conclude with this thought on play and some questions about play. So where in your life do you witness play? And maybe it's play of a sport or a game or um, just play and uh, animal play, dog parks, so forth. But where do you witness that? And how do you engage in it yourself? When do you play? How do you play? And how do you see and experience the presence of God in the midst of all that play brings us and allows us to do as human beings created in the image and likeness of God within God's creation. How does play point to God? And how does God infuse and enrich and bless and grace play? Just as God infuses and blesses and enriches all of God's creation. As always, thank you for listening. Blessings and peace.